your business stuck? Tired of leaving money on the table? Are you ready to take it to the next level? Join us as we dive deep into the small business secrets successful entrepreneurs are implementing to see massive results. This is the Business Growth Hacks Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing. Here's your host, Andrew Brockenbush. It is a beautiful Friday in Texas. We've got a great guest. John, how are you, sir? I'm doing great today. I'm, I'm excited for the icebreaker. I am too, man. Uh, before yeah. we get that, a little small talk for the, for the audience. Oh, I just yeah. got back from Loveland, Colorado. Oh, yeah. And, how was uh, that? Dude, that was, I felt like a little kid again. So I went to a, a, an event called the Overland Expo. And if you've not heard of the phrase Overland, it's this idea of like, you know, outdoor adventuring and camping in your vehicle. And they've got these overland trailers and a lot of them point to point trips through the, through the mountains, through the back country, through, uh, you know, public land, things like that. And so I've followed this event for, I don't know, four or five years. And finally was just like on a whim, like, Hey, let's just drive to Colorado and go to this trip. Because I've been thinking about building my truck out with like a big tent and stuff like that again. And so I was like, well, I better, I better see what exists out there before I like start spending thousands of dollars. And right. so, uh, Dude, it just rows and rows of hundreds of vendors that have just the coolest decked out trucks you can think of with like accessories you don't know you need and then you start spending money you don't have. It was a good time. It was a really good time. So That's awesome. I'm glad I'm glad to have gone. Uh, I, I'm going to give like a little shout out because I had some really cool relationship building while I was there. Uh, Sasquatch Trailers, if you guys are looking for a beefy beefy marketing beefy trailer if you're looking for a beefy trailer um then certainly check out sasquatch trailers those were really cool there's another company called fsr free spirit recreation they make probably the rolls royce of truck tents and then another company called lightner designs which makes like a really really cool looking aggressive rack system for your truck so again not sponsored by these people, just people that I liked what they were doing, cool products. They support first responders and veterans, and I just wanted to give them a shout-out because I had a lot of fun hanging out with them, and they let us go to their party at main event. So, I mean, come on. All right, John, are you ready to kick this thing off with our icebreaker? All right. All right, guys. Today, we are going to play The Marketer Feud. Andy, Andrew, are you guys ready to face off here? Let's go. We got the... We got the survey questions here and top five answers on the board. Here we go. All right, guys. Name the most common challenge that entrepreneurs face when starting a new business. Oh, Andrew, it looks like you got that first. Let's go on here. What? what um, uh, I'm going to go with uh, is permitting on the board. Permitting. Oh, uh, let's see. Let's ask the judges. <laughs> All right. Oh, dang it. Andrew, it's it's not in the cards for you today. Andy, you got a chance to steal. What do we got? I'm going to say leads. It's there, customers. All right. <laughs> top, top answer right there. That's <laughs> number one. Let's Andy, fill in man. those other four blanks, though. Yeah. What do we got, brother? Man. Capital. 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 Yep. All right. What else we got? Andrew? Time management? It's in there. Boom. And Andy, can you think you can fill in the last square for us there? 
Um, a viable service or product. Ooh, it's in there, yes. the product. <laughs> the product. So that is the marketing feud. And Andy, I believe you're our winner today in the marketing feud. New car? Yeah. New car? New, is that what I'm walking away with? <laughs> new car. I was just talking about a new car earlier. I can't afford one, but I would love. Dude, why are vehicles so expensive right now? A, tr- a brand Computers. new truck right now sitting at $100,000. What, what what truck are you looking at? You know, a big old Ram 2500 <laughs> mega cab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I am excited about this interview. Me and John have been kind of doing our icebreakers a little bit different lately just to loosen the mood, have a good time. With us Changing today, up. Andy Hyatt, a recognized leadership coach who supports entrepreneurs, executives, and their teams as they navigate the world of building lives and businesses filled with prosperity, meaning, and freedom and committed to making an impact and facilitating transformative change. Andy empowers entrepreneurs and executives to unlock their full potential and thrive in their respective fields. Leading with heart, he creates a nurturing environment that fosters growth and paves the way for true, authentic leadership. Andy, welcome to the show, man. Awesome. Thanks for having me. What a fun opening. Um, And you know what? We could actually just talk about the nomad life. Yeah, the the convention that you went to, like, are you about that? that? That's what fills my social media feed because I secretly dream of like converting a van and just like taking off. Taking off. <laughs> you should do it. You should absolutely do it. So we we have two daughters that are seniors in high school. We have twin daughters, um, okay. and I keep telling my wife when they go off to college in less than a year, like we got freedom and we're traveling. Whether it's you totally know an Airbnb good. somewhere, we're gonna convert a van or. Yeah. That would be so much fun. That was that was a part of the uh, expo as well was there was like these, mm-hmm. you know, all different sizes of like small decked out vans all the way to like these big like earth mover looking giant, you know, like crazy beastly truck things that were houses on wheels. And it was just like I'm telling you, it was like a candy store. Like yeah. the probably the closest show to you is actually coming up. You and your wife should go. It's in Virginia, which isn't too far. I don't think. Right. That's it, where I grew up. I'll go okay, cool. visit my family, Virginia. check it out. There's one later, maybe at the end of this month, actually. I think there's a show. It's called the Overland Expo. I think that that one's considered East, Overland East. Uh, and, dude, I'm telling you, if you want to look at decked out vans of all sizes and see if y'all could actually do it or not, that's the place to go because it's just, like, fun. I love those those trucks where they just kind of pull up into nowhere and then somebody gets out and then they, something on the top of the truck pops up and there's a tent yep. and then they take this, they open this thing up and it creates like a 360 around the truck oh, and it comes yes, in. Yeah. It's like a hotel that just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Fireplace. <laughs> the old Goofy movie like back in the day whenever oh, um, yeah. the Max is as somebody's dad opens the RV and that thing just like pops out all kind of things like a hot tub and everything. It was so cool, man. No, that's so that truck tent thing where you're talking about where it pops up and the awning comes around. That's what I'm about to build on my truck within the next few That's amazing. So excited. I actually lived in an RV for a full year and did that like nomad life and it's worth it. You should definitely do it. And I'm I'm hoping to do it again pretty soon. So let's. Uh, yeah, I, growing up, my parents had an RV, so we traveled all the time, um, and I I love it. I mean, some of my best memories as a kid are mm-hmm. at campgrounds at the RV. Yeah, yeah. That I feel like we just talked about that on our when we took the trip. We drove to to Loveland, Colorado, and drove back to Texas. And on our way, there's all the historical markers, and it was so cool because every time we pass one. 
either like whoever was in the passenger seat would like search it on Google and like read about it and talk about it. And it was like, I've learned more about history, like, you know, us history mm-hmm. over the last three or four day trip than I ever did in school because like <laughs> traveling, you really, I think you have a bigger respect for it too. Probably when you're an adult, right. You start to like really like more thought provoking and whatever, but yeah. it was just cool because like it was things that I'd never seen or heard about. And some of these stories were like pretty jacked up. Like, like mm-hmm. real jacked up. I was like, what the heck? Like our country has always been dumb. Like <laughs> <laughs> there's stupid everywhere, man. Yeah, there ain't nothing everywhere. new under the sun, man. Yeah. People been oh dumb for my gosh. <laughs> Andy, what, if you could share with our listeners for a second, what inspired yeah. you to, to become a leadership coach? How did you, how did you even get started with that journey? Um, awesome question. Came out of nowhere, man. Um, my previous career was in the arts. I started out as a, a stage actor and then I was, I produced theater for 18, 15, 18 years. Oh, wow. Um, and it wasn't until I started working with a coach, you know, I had some stuff in my life and my work that I was like, well, we, we got to level this up. So I ain't working. <laughs> um, so I started working with a coach and just really fell in love with it and started, um, helping people in the way I was being helped. And, I think it's, you know, it was one of those sort of cheesy, like the universe was calling me. Um, I yeah. just had to do it. People were coming to me. Um, my first client that I worked with that paid me after like four months or something, he's like, man, I just want you to know that meeting you at that networking event and working these last four months, you changed my life. And, and it was like, oh, what do I do with this information? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so really, I, I, I felt like it was a calling. I mean, I loved my previous career. I thought I'd retire doing it. Um, but when when the, the pull got so hard, uh, my wife and I talked, let's create a runway, leave that, start this and haven't looked back since. So what was that transition like, though? I mean, it's like very I wouldn't say it's very different. I'm sure in in the arts and in theater, uh, we're fellow thespians ourselves like me and John. Are you and, sweet? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. uh you know, what was that transition like though? Cause I'm sure it's a little different, right? Like were you in a managerial position or a leadership position when you were in the theater yeah. or were you not? Yeah. So it's an interesting theater. I mean, it was, it's a $10 million theater, regional theater, highly oh, wow. respected throughout the mm-hmm. country and world. Um, we were owned by a fortune 100 company. Okay. It was in, That's uh, huge. not to get into too much of it, but it was really interesting because they had no idea what to do with us. They just kind of inherited us. So we we operated very entrepreneurially within this yeah. large company. So it really, while it just made me pull my hair out and gave me all this gray that you see, <laughs> um, it really kind of gave me a peek into corporate America. You know, we had to answer to Wall Street and we had to report that way. And also we had to be young and scrappy and independent, the entrepreneurial world, which really set me up beautifully for the the kinds of folks that I work with right now. Um, We do, we work with corporate, we work with a ton of entrepreneurs um, and we can kind of interpret each one of those worlds. Yeah. That's really cool. Do you think having that corporate experience, do you think that kind of helps you speak into the clients that you're working with now? hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And interestingly enough, you know, we do a lot of leadership stuff. We do a lot of teams and culture stuff in our work. Um, and people will ask, like, how did you learn all of this? Because we can make significant difference in, in teams and in, in leaders' um, lives and, and work. 
And I tell them it's because I saw up close how never to do it (laughs) by really bad culture, by really bad leadership, by really bad management, by dysfunctional teams. And while I was working in those environments, I knew there had to be a better way. While the organization might run this way, I don't want to run my team this way. So I kept learning and experimenting and and figuring out how to be a leader that inspired people to get stuff done. That's cool. Yeah. At what point, what, like, what was the tipping point or what was the moment that you realized you needed to hire a coach? Because I feel like from my own experience, and I think that from your story, what I've read, maybe you had a similar experience, like, when is it, when do you need therapy versus when do you need coaching? Such a good Mm. question. Such a good question. You know, this is my distinction. Um, Therapy's primary job is developed, right? To help people heal past wounds and to, you know, because they're doctors, right? Heal past wounds and to heal mental illness. Um, A coach's job, and, you know, basically that is like from today into the past. What's been going on and who are you? What what do we need to regulate? Do we need to work with a psychiatrist with medication? You know, um, a coach's job is to look at who we are today and what we want to achieve and create a path to get there. It's very action oriented. It's very future focused. It's very um, oftentimes I say to my clients, you know, imagine yourself five years down the road running the company, being the leader that you um, that gets all the goals and visions that you want. And so they'll talk through it. I'm like, step into those shoes right now. Be that person now. Create that now, which is very different than the therapeutic model of, you know, what what's the trauma? How do we heal that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I don't think I've like ever fully digested that obviously until now that you're kind of bringing it out loud, but I think you're right. I think that uh, there's probably a time and place for both. I think hundred percent. A lot of my clients, I can't say. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of my clients, um, some, some come in without a therapist and I'm like, Hey, there's some stuff here that I think if we also address that in addition to our work, um, I would say a third of my clients are also seeing a therapist. Um, I believe I see a therapist. We, yeah, we have to heal and get past old traumas. We have to, yeah. we have to head face head on the things that have maybe prevented us from achieving the things that we want to achieve in our lives. But then I think yeah. past that, you also have to have an action plan and strategy and tools and resources to help you see past that thing, right? Like yep. the counselor might help you or the therapist might help you figure out why you feel the way you do and, and mm-hmm. how to process that and the tools to, to deal with it. But then what comes next is where I feel mm-hmm. like a leadership coach really, really comes in handy. So yeah. I'm assuming that if you thought that this would be a good business model, you must have had a really good leadership coach. Personally, what was, what was that personal experience like in your own life? Um, yeah, so I, I worked with a couple of coaches before I started this business. Um, and when I decided, hey, I'm going to cut off all forms of income and start a business with a big old donut, I better hire somebody that really knows what the heck they're doing that have gone down this road. Um, so at that moment, I hired a new coach to be essentially a mentor. You know, I paid her a lot of money. Um, to spend a year with me and help me craft and build my message, my my uh, avatar for my clients and really coach me through building the business. Um, so that year when I first started this business was literally invaluable with that particular coach. 
That's amazing. I couldn't have where done do it without it. Yeah, where, yeah. Where do you think coaches go wrong? And when someone's looking to hire a coach, like what are the things that they should be looking for to make sure that it's going to be a good fit for them and their, their investment, all of that? Such a good question. Um, where coaches go wrong, you know, personally in my practice, I'm happy that it's not a regulated field, right? I don't really want the government or any other body kind of coming in and telling me how I need to run my business that I personally like it. Um, I also have a lot of belief in my skill and I have a lot of results to show that we're, we're quite good at what we do. Um, It also has a dark side because the truth of the matter is Anybody, you guys could walk out today um, and say, you know what? I'm a coach. I'm a executive coach. I'm a leadership coach. I'm a entrepreneur coach, any kind of coach and pay me thousands of dollars and I'll help you. Um, And that I see a lot of people, a lot of people come to me saying, you know, I'm skeptical because I've worked with two coaches and I've gotten nothing, but so-and-so referred you to me. um, So let's talk. There's a lot of folks that, don't know what they're doing. Mm. Sorry, friends. Um, Having said that, there's a lot of amazing, really, really amazing coaches out there. So kind of into your second question for, for uh, folks that are curious about coaching, get clear on what you want out of a coach. You know, Mm -hmm. I think I looked on LinkedIn, there's like 4 million people who call themselves coach. And that term is really loose, right? I like to draw a distinction between coaching and consulting, right? Coaching to me and the International Coaching Federation um, is akin to teach a man, a woman to fish and they they can sustain themselves for a lifetime. Consulting, I use consultant, so I hope anybody listening doesn't take this wrong, is a little bit like here, here's a solution. Here's what I've done. Let me help you implement this. Let me teach you. It's kind of giving them the fish. Um, But there's a lot of people out there who are saying I'm a coach and it's really confusing to people, right? Because some people are, I'm a sales coach. I'm a business coach. I'm a this kind of coach. I'm a this kind of coach. And so people don't really know what they're getting. So I encourage people ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Talk to a couple. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Do you think that that's something that you might see change in the industry over the next few years, a a clear definition between consulting and coaching or definitions of coaching in certain areas? I don't necessarily seeing it unless some sort of regulation comes in. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't necessarily see it changing because right now coaching is sort of a buzzword. And so yeah, it is. people like financial planners, for example, will say, I'm a financial coach because they don't. Yeah. <laughs> when we go into networking events, me and my buddies who are financial planners, we go in together because we know we're going to get the looks of like, oh, my God, another one. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Advisor. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think that I'm glad you kind of differentiated that, though, by mm-hmm. with that answer, because. Probably 10 years ago, early in my agency, I was trying to like dive into co- like coaching, right? Like air quotes over here, um, because I found that a lot of people were taking the advice and the vision that I had and the resources and tools, and they're implementing it and they're seeing success. And I was like, oh, I should be a coach. Like, 
that's a natural evolution, right? Um, and I remember my first like big coaching client, like I personally think it went terribly. Like, I don't know that if they feel the same way, but I feel pretty confident that they do because I don't work <laughs> with them today. But um, I just, I just wasn't, I didn't have a structure. Like, and I'm not saying that coaching has to be rigid, but there certainly needs to be some form of curriculum, even if it's a loose curriculum, in my opinion, because you've got to have something that is structured about it to make sure that you are kind of accomplishing all the things you're set out to, to accomplish. Yeah. And so when you, when you kind of said that, you know, kind of analogy there, I was like, okay, so I feel maybe I'm probably even today, I'm probably still, still more of a consultant than a coach. Um, yeah. I'm not really necessarily good at telling you how to execute, but I can tell you the tools that you should use to execute. Like I know exactly yeah. what resources would be the best for you. Right. Because I've tried every single one of them. And I've spent thousands of dollars on tools that suck. And you know, like I know what is out there that, that I think might be really good for you. So, I mean, obviously this, this episode isn't about, you know, giving your competition um, ammo to be better competition, but I do have a question uh, uh, kind of just about that. I mean, where yeah. do you think, how do you think people can be better coaches? Like for those people out there that are calling themselves a coach and they're using the buzzword, what can they do to be better coaches? Such a good question. And, and I, I want to, any listeners that are consultants that are thinking, well, this guy, I literally call my business and uh, scaling minds, coaching and consulting. Both are wildly it's valuable. Both. It's both. Yeah. Right. Um, so when people come to me and are curious about work, I suggest they talk to a couple of people, you know, go out, try a couple of coaches, right? See who you resonate with, because it is a very intimate relationship. I'm going to learn nearly everything about you because I'm going to need to in order to do my job well. And so one of the things that I say and what I think most coaches could do better, I tell people, if you're looking for a coach, ask them if they have a coach. That will tell you how much they believe in the power of coaching. If I'm going to sell to you, I can help you change your team. I can help you change your life. I can help you change everything. Who doesn't want change? Yeah. Who doesn't want change, right? And don't you want somebody who is walking that path? Somebody that also has a big vision that is going after something that wants to stretch themselves because that's the person that's going to be your partner in your journey to do that. So I think most coaches um, would do themselves really well to work with a coach. And most yeah. clients ask if they're if they are. It's so funny because when I say that to people, they're like, you have a coach? I'm like, hell yeah, I have a coach. Uh, I'm just like you. Yeah. I want to be better, do better, create more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that it seems, and that's such a simple like idea too. Like that's not even like so groundbreaking yet. It totally is because it's like, you know, you wouldn't like trust a, you know someone who's not a barber necessarily to give you a haircut like without going to barber mm -hmm. school. Like I'm not saying go to school to be a coach, but at the very least, you should have trained under someone you should have learned by being a student yourself by going through that experience i mean you have process. to right how can you right? deliver a service if you've had no exposure to education of what right. the service yeah. is it um, made it up like in my case like i just was like oh yeah i'm really good at marketing i'm a big visionary like i'm a coach now no you're not <laughs> you've never you've never even had a coach you don't know what, and the, don't even know and what the coaching means <laughs> that's right and the truth is there's a million ways to do that you can go the formal like sign up with a coaching school i i did a little bit of that but i chose to work with mentors and still do yeah that's how i continue to up level my skills 
I think yeah, that's, that's awesome because the apprenticeship yeah. is something that has kind of disappeared in the later century here. And yeah. I really think it was a great way to pass on information, wisdom, you know, and that's kind of at the heart of coaching. It's that apprenticeship type yeah. mindset. Yeah. 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 So one of the things that I know from reading your bio, Andy, is that you really emphasize the importance of leading with heart. I would mm-hmm. like it if you could maybe elaborate on what that means. How does that differ from traditional leadership approaches, traditional coach approaches? Because yeah. I think that, again, like as you already kind of stated, there's a thousand different coaches in a thousand different arenas, you know, yep. and I really like that you're doing it a little differently. So I'd like that a little, I, I think that not only would I like to hear about it, I'm sure our audience would also. Yeah. I, I mean, I really believe that that good leadership, which is distinct from management, right? We can manage at any level. Are you doing the thing on time? Are you doing it in good quality? Are you right? That kind of thing. Leadership, I think, is really, you know, Simon Sinek, I think, says it best. Leadership is is not having authority over your people, but it's pulling the best out of those that you have authority over. Right. I'm, I botched that quote, but essentially is like we have a responsibility to bring out the best in people as a leader. Um, and I think we do that best when, you know, my, my brand of leadership is authentic leadership. Mm. Um, I I'm not a fan of the old school. We have to be commanding and charismatic and um, charming while those things can be part of the toolkit um, if they come out authentically. Um, I don't think that that is the prescription for really good leadership. Um, I think good leadership comes from um, being human, having empathy from care. Uh, also, you know, it's interesting because I draw a ton of parallels. Do you guys have kids, nieces, nephews, kids in your world? John has kids. I got lots of nephews and nieces. <laughs> yeah. I draw a lot of parallels between leadership and parenting. You know, not that as leaders, we're going to parent, you know, good girl, bad girl kind of thing. Um, But a good parent is really interested in bringing, fostering um, confidence in their kids, bringing out the best in them, um, giving them opportunities, helping them think for themselves, right? Not doing things for them and not like, Hey, go get all A's. That's not great parenting. How can I support you to get all A's? What do you need? How do we develop a work ethic in you? Right? I think those qualities in good parents also translate to really, really good leadership. And I think we're, when we lead that way, we're connected to our head and our heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. That's, I know one of the, uh, I don't know if it's quiz or, or benchmarks that you use in your own business, but I wanted to hear a little bit more about your entrepreneur success scorecard and your inspirational leader scorecard. Yeah. Like how do you use those with, with entrepreneurs and business owners? Yeah. I mean, try them out, see what, see what you get. But so the, the entrepreneurial uh, scorecard, it, it's, it measures three um, different things. Um, who you are as a leader, like what are the fundamentals of your business? And what is your mindset, your entrepreneurial mindset? And it kind of gives a score. Um, there's, I think there's a series of 25 questions. Gives you a score in each because I think in order to be a really strong entrepreneur, we have to be balanced, right? We have to have competence or be able to learn it. How do we do the thing? How do we do it well? How do we deliver it well? But we also, um, if we want to grow a business, have to be a leader, how do we lead our teams from that authentic leadership piece? And then our mindset, 
are we unlocked or are we locked up, right? Because you guys know, I imagine, if a business isn't growing, if it's stagnant, if there's problems, it's because of the founder, 100%. And so it's their mindset and the way that they lead. So that scorecard is, it basically gives people kind of a, a picture of where you are um, and gotcha. where growth opportunities <laughs> might be. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that yeah. that's one of the things I kind of miss the most about quote unquote corporate America. You can see from my glowing Apple t-shirt back here. One of the things that we did that I really miss as like being an employee versus being an employer is like there was this annual review where we used the Lominger book of competencies to kind of pick out two or three competencies that we felt like we, we needed either we had opportunity in, we needed to work out one was our strongest. And then our senior leaders, our senior leadership team would then review those competencies and say, yeah, we agree. Those are competencies you could work on. Here are a few additional ones that we think you, you could work on. And here are ones we think you're doing really well. Like how can you lean into those even more to fix these other areas? And so that's, I think some of the hardest things as a, a business owner, as an entrepreneur that we forget is that when you're in, especially if you're working for a company that does have good culture, like I went from Chick-fil-A to Apple. So I, I was fortunate enough to work with two of the most beloved brands and from a culture perspective in the world. Mm -hmm. And so going from that to like going to be the boss, like sure, I had the influence of that to like create culture, but I also no longer have that like accountability system for myself. Like now yeah. it's just me. Like, so what do you do without a coach or without a mentor? You know, you, you're on your own. And like, yeah. I think for a lot of business owners, including myself, you, you end up feeling burnt out. You hit a dead end. Yeah. You feel like things aren't going the way you, you want them to go. And and if you stop to think about it, it's like, well, when's the last time you asked for help? Like, when's the last time you, yeah. you, you had some resources in your corner? So one of the things that I know that you also offer, which I think is pretty cool and I want to hear more about, is like the masterminds. Where do you think yeah. masterminds fit in with consulting? Like, are they, are, are they concurrent? Are they separate? Like, what do you think about that? I mean, our particular mastermind is called Entrepreneurs Rising. Um, it's, it's mastermind and consulting, right? We, we're, we're doing all of it. Um, I'm a huge fan of masterminds or whatever you want to call them, but surrounding yourself yeah. with like-minded people who are doing the thing you're doing that can support one another, right? Mm -hmm. Because often, I mean, you, you know this, entrepreneurial life is lonely, when yep. when you're at the top and you got nobody to talk to or run things by, um, it can be really, really hard. And so what we've done is we've created this Entrepreneurs Rising Mastermind to bring founders together to support one another. Right. Um, literally last night, one of um, we have a Slack channel woman was like, oh, I got a proposal tomorrow and this is a new service offering. Can you guys look this over and give me some thoughts? And within 30 minutes, four people were in there like helping her edit and giving her ideas so that she could get it out today by 10, right? So a lot of small business founders don't have that level of support. So we've created a mechanism um, to, to do that. Um, part of the mastermind too is if those that want it can opt to also have some one-on-one -on -one coaching time. So we can work on the mindset and the business, kind of that, that scorecard, all, all the different various um, pieces to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, I, I'm also a huge proponent and fan of the, 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 the private communities, the small communities, the masterminds, because there's just so much you can learn. Like 
you know, and there's community, there's communities and masterminds of all sizes, right? Like a group, a small group mm-hmm. of three or four like guys like us right now, if we were, we could be a mastermind or those yeah. larger groups of like-minded people. I also think there's value in like industry specific masterminds, like people in your space. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. there's also value of people that are not in your space. Cause it's like that proposal. Yeah. If you had four other roofers all looking at a roofing proposal and saying like, Hey, you're kind of cutting yourself short and they know the industry to be able to say that that's valuable, but it's also mm-hmm. equally valuable to pull someone outside of your space. That's saying, Hey, like you're not pitching that the way you could be pitching that. Like we pitch mm-hmm. it this way and it's going to come off a little easier. So there's so much that could be learned by just like, by bringing your guards down a little bit, I think that's the big thing is like, there's a lot of pride and ego in entrepreneurship because it is lonely. And I think that we do have like, you know, this desire to protect what we've built and, you know, not, not have people come in and like steal what, you know, what we've worked for. But at the same time, like, I feel like that very thing is what prevents a lot of entrepreneurs from being successful because they're 100%. not having people helping them, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, 4% of all businesses get to a million in revenue. So there's a lot of really smart people out there with good businesses that for whatever reason, can't get out of their own way and take, take what they do and grow it in a meaningful way. Um, And this mastermind uh, is geared towards those people. How do, how do we get you unlocked to get you to a million in revenue? Yeah, that's cool. I love that. Yeah, let me absolutely. let me ask you this. There's something else that we've, I think, mutually struggled with based on your bio. ADHD. <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> what? We, what what what'd you say? What? Uh, we, we, we joke about this all of the time. Like it's become sad. It's really sad, actually. This running joke in our agency where it's like we should name our we rename our company ADHD marketing because yeah. there is so many creative people on our team and there's vision every which direction and like we just want to like whatever sounds cool and whatever sounds exciting in the moment. It's like where we're headed. And it's like, Oh my gosh, like you've got to focus, like you've got to bring mm-hmm. it in, you know? So how do you feel like coaching helps with that? Like how can coaching <laughs> assist people? With Honestly, there's so many things that coaching that my coach helps me with, but one, we just had a, a call on Tuesday. I'm like, I'm a little shiny object. Cause sometimes I, cause I like to build stuff, right? I love to yeah. build stuff. Yeah. And when I get my mind at building something, I go build it. It works. But oftentimes this thing over here, um, loses my attention. And I'm like, we need to start revisiting goals, like literally every quarter so that I can stay on focus on task. Um, the other thing that I do regularly with my coach and my, my clients do with me, is we have a like just a quick weekly check-in form like what's going well what's not going well how are your projects going are you accomplishing them are you not so that so that we can maintain awareness around what we want to be doing and accomplishing because typically what you uh and i think you alluded to this earlier um sometimes we just get lost in the minutiae of the work and then we kind of lose our compass. Like, where the heck are we yep. even going and why? <laughs> yeah, it's so true. So I that's, just, I, I mean, my coach just, does that for me. And that's what's really important for me with my people. We, we have to set up our vision. We have to know what we're doing and why or what's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I have to set yeah. up that vision. <laughs> yeah. You it's the hardest, have- truthfully. In everyone I work with, I would say 95% um, 
when we start work together, I'm like, okay, here's a form. Um, let's write down your five-year vision. What do you want to create in five years? Most of the time it's like, I have no idea. Yeah. That's me. No idea. That's me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't know. Right. And, and a like, lot of people I'm get in the now. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people get stuck because you, they can't see the how to get to the thing that they might want to write down. So I, I'm just going to throw out some, I want to be a $10 million business in five years. Well, they shy away from writing that down because I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Nobody knows how to do it. <laughs> the first person that hiked the Himalayas didn't know how to do it. They figured it out. And, yeah. and what's, what is available um, in a good coaching um, or mentoring or sometimes even in counseling right relationship is like let's plant that be brave enough to plant that stake and say you know what i want that 10 million dollar company in five years let's create a path to get there we won't know exactly how to do it but that's really where growth comes and that's what we're after is growing yeah, yeah that's i think growth is the only reason why you're getting in you know hiring a coach to be in your life is to have someone out there that's saying hey this is where you need to go yeah, if you don't want to grow or change, don't waste the money. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, why would, yeah, don't do that to yourself. Yeah. Um, are there common things that people often, that you hear over and over again from entrepreneurs that are struggling with that growth? Yeah, so there's basically two p different types of people that come to me. There's, mm -hmm. there's definitely the, you know, a Michael Jordan, a LeBron James, Tiger Woods in his day, Michael Phelps, they didn't wait until things were not going well to work with their coach. They wanted to surround themselves, even when things were going well, to find that 1%, that one thing that if they tweak this would get them, you know, off and running and can be the best, maintain being the best. So I've, I do have quite a bit of clients that are like, hey, I keep, I want you to keep challenging me to level up, right? Mm -hmm. um, and on the other camp is like, the shit's on fire. <laughs> yeah. My team is a mess. It's I am a mess. We yeah. keep, we've been struggling to grow this thing and we keep um, hitting a wall. You know, I said it earlier, if a, a company is stagnant and not growing, I would say 90% of the time it's because of the founder. You know, sometimes we have COVID, sometimes we have things that are just impossible headwinds, but 90% of the time it's the founder is completely the bottleneck in the growth of the business. And we're really good about helping at least identifying why that is. And then that founder has choice. Oh, I'll either do the work to change it or, or not. Right. Mm, that sucks. We talked about, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. that sucks. It just sucks because it's like, I don't know, it sucks. Let me just think, maybe like take this and digest it for a quick second. It sucks that it's always on the thinking. of the CEO for the most part, right? Like, because <laughs> it's just like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, damn it. Damn it, Andy. Like, we got stuff to work on over here. And <laughs> I, I think we know, like, I think we all have like this like little, you know, voice in the back of our head saying like, you're in the way or you could be doing better and it's, it's, it's your deal. But then whenever you have to like hear it out loud and somebody else says it, you're just like, shit. You know, like, God dang it. Like, what are we going to do about it? But I think that the difference is if you know it, what are you doing to do something different about it? And if you don't have yeah. anybody in your corner who's giving you the advice and the resources and the tricks and the roadmap, then you're going to keep doing what you've been doing for the last decade for the next 10 years. Well, right? that, like, you're still that, not going to get yeah. where you want to go. 
that really is like the beauty of like what a coach can help someone do if they elect to go down that road, right? I think it's Carl Jung that has a quote, until we make the unconscious conscious, um, mm-hmm. we, will, we will direct our life, we will continue to direct our life in the same way and call it fate, right? Yeah. Mm. Basically, until we understand what's holding us back, until we shine a light on our blind spots, those things we can't see that are tethering us to exactly where we are, until we know those things, real change is going to be difficult. And that's where a coach comes in to say, hey, you know, I know you may not know it or see it, but you're really controlling in your team. And there's a reason why. Let's understand the reason why so that you can back off and let them flourish and thrive, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, your standards um, for perfection are really holding your organization back. Um, And let's look at why. Let's work with that desire that usually it's a fear mechanism. It has to be perfect or something bad is going to happen. Let's work with that to release the grip so that your team can breathe and grow and put out good work as, as a couple of examples. Yeah. Being that you work with people kind of in both camps, you know, the, the one percenters, the top, the top performers, as well as the people like me somewhere in the middle, right? Like just a little bit struggle bus over here. Um, you know, that's most what, what are, okay. Well, I feel better about that. At least I'm on the, at least I'm on the cool kids in the cool kids club. So what are some, uh, what are some of the common qualities that you have found from really good leaders and really good leadership? Um, those that um, have emotional intelligence, and that's a lot of what we gr- help leaders grow in coaching. Emotional intelligence, you know, do they have empathy? Can they really listen? Can they set aside their ego to to communicate with the person in front of them and to align what they want, what the organization wants and what the employee wants to work together to bring out the best in that, in that person. Um, curiosity, be curious, ask questions, don't know the answer. Um, you know, was it Simon Sinek that has the book Leaders Eat Last? Like let everybody get stuff on the table you know you're going to make the decision as as you should, but have others' voices be heard. Um, those are a few. Curiosity yeah. is a big one, especially yeah. for young founders that want to grow. You know, a lot of people don't want to ask questions or ask for help, or because they're afraid. Oh, I'm going to look like I'm stupid, or I don't know what I'm doing. Some of my best clients who grow are the ones that are calling up people and saying, "Hey, I know you've done this." can I pick your brain for, can I buy you a beer um, that are not afraid to admit when they don't know something to go get the knowledge. Yeah. Um, but that takes a lot of emotional intelligence. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And humility as well. Humility. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Absolutely. Andy, I feel like this conversation could go so many different ways. And I, I feel like I've gotten the gut check that I need. And this is something I feel like every time we have a podcast episode with a coach, I'm like, damn it. Get off your ass and hire a coach. Okay. But, uh, we like to, we like to wrap every episode with a business growth hack. So I'm going to run the sound effect. And while I do that, I want you to think about it. I'd like you to leave our listeners with one business growth hack, something they, they can implement or do 
this, I guess, will this will require your consultant hat, I guess, a little bit too, um, sure. to see some type of success in their company. Hacks. <laughs> what do you got for us? Uh, is that is that a go? That's a go. You know, all you buddy. The the quote that I I mentioned of Carl Jung, "Make the unconscious conscious," is sort of the key to all of it. Um, yeah. For those that are humble enough and courageous enough, um, if you have a team, ask them, "Hey, what's one thing that as a leader I do really really well, and what's one thing that if I did differently would have you do your job better? How can I improve hmm. as a leader? You know, if you're a solopreneur, ask." Um, peers that see you that you talk to what's one good thing i that i do as a as an entrepreneur and what's one thing that you think i could do better that would help me grow help my business grow and then take that information and come up with one thing that you're going to do you know what i'm going to stop and pause before i answer um questions because i want to make sure that i'm listening because people don't feel heard, whatever that is, come up with one thing and practice that. Yeah, that's good. I like that. I, just, I literally just wrote it down because mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that that's, it's something as simple as that, right? Taking, I think that this is true across all areas of your business. Like if we were to just like, t- you know, zoom out and like take that Blank same it. piece of advice in any area of your business is like, just ask questions. Ask, ask your questions. customers what they like and don't like about your yes. product. Ask your employees mm-hmm. what they like and don't like about your, your culture. Like there's so many yeah. ways that we can better ourselves by just getting out of our comfort zones, having some humility, dropping the pride and just getting out there and asking questions that it'll make us better. Mm-hmm. The bottom, bottom Along line. those lines, just because this has come up a lot, <clears throat> why don't we ask our, our potential clients who say no, they don't buy the thing or get the service. Well, can you, we want to grow. Can you tell me what has you as a no? Because your feedback is really important to us and it might help us um, for future clients. Why do we not ask that? Yep. Simple stuff. Gold in those answers. Gold in those answers. And it might even get the sale back. It might even get the sale back. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Andy, yeah. how can people support you? What is the one thing you want to plug? Like shamelessly plug everything, man. Like what can we do to support you? What can our audience do to support you? <laughs> um, well, you know, uh, follow me on LinkedIn. I like to share stuff, um, all this wisdom. I try and post pretty regularly. Um, I have a page on my website specifically for your listeners. If they go to scalingminds.com slash hacks. Um, those two assessments that you mentioned, I'll put those up there. Um, there's a ebook that I'll put up on authentic leadership, which is what my um, prescription and particular brand. And, you know, anybody that is interested in learning more about the mastermind, um, we're getting a cohort going for next year um, or maybe even one on one coaching. There's a link to schedule some time with me. Um, time permitting, I'll spend 60, 90 minutes with anyone and coach them just so that they can see the value and what working with a coach could bring, whether me or somebody else. Cause I'm a big proponent of, of people getting coaches. Cause I've seen it change lives. I've seen it change companies. So come experience. That's really cool. Y'all heard it. Make sure you check out the link. It'll be in the show notes below. It will uh, follow them on LinkedIn. Cause everybody needs a little bit of uh, leadership advice in their life. <clears throat> if you like the episode, share it with a friend 
leave us a review. I think I've told you guys before, we don't know if you hate us or like us if you don't tell us. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you the question, what can we do to make sure that you are getting every single uh, minute of this podcast? You love it. Uh, what can we do? What kind of people would you like to hear? Uh, again, we love it when you guys leave us that feedback. So leave us a review. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. We'll be there every single week, chilling in your headphones, ready to do this thing. Andy, thanks again, man, for being on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I very much appreciate it and uh, enjoy this conversation quite a bit. Hey, really appreciate you both. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. To get more marketing tips and tricks, Follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Beefy Marketing. And to take your business to the next level, check out our website at www.beefymarketing.com.